0: Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, thanks for the feedback there. I have a little bit of a crumbly throat this morning. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, my name is Liz, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Life Community Church. Um, this was, my, my Google pho- Photos reminded me we came one year ago to, to interview and, um, and speak, so it's, yeah, I have, a, well the picture was my two older children, Ellie and Karis, with their masks on at the airport, really, with their backpacks and ready to go, so that was <laughs> that's okay, that was a sweet Sweet memory. So I'm thankful for um, I haven't even started unpacking that, but this last year has just been amazing. A whirlwind of all God's provision stacked upon one thing after the other. So um, anyways, when Dan and I were first married, we lived actually in Bloomington, Illinois, his hometown. Um, And we lived only for there for about a year and a half and then we pursued our dreams of camp ministry and we moved all the way up to northern wisconsin the very very top of wisconsin in this little tiny town called three lakes wisconsin and life was a bit different up there than illinois if you can imagine Um, probably the biggest thing you had to get used to was winter winter was a whole new experience Um, now it's funny because if you know our story we we moved from Louisiana here so we moved from the top of northern Wisconsin to the bottom of the United States to Louisiana complete opposite uh, you know um, weather but we did live in the frozen tundra of northern Wisconsin for four years and winter was a life-altering experience because there was always a few feet of snow on the ground for just months on end. You drove on snow-packed roads. Um, it was just, you had to learn to live differently in the snow. Um, and we lived up there where there was a chain of many, many lakes all interconnected. And in the winter, those lakes would freeze over completely. And <clears throat> they let the, you have a completely different life on the ice as well. So you could snowshoe. You could snowmobile. Um, you can drive your car out there. Lots of fishing, uh, little shanties and shacks where you ice fish. Um, you know, the, the frozen lakes became a whole new activity in and of itself. Um, and now maybe <clears throat> the average Wisconsinite would be more used to that than me, who grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and wasn't really around frozen lakes that much. Um but even like central Wisconsin, there's a lake called Lake Winnebago, and that's right by Oshkosh. and that lake freezes over in the winter, and <clears throat> there's about 20 fishing um, clubs that make this interconnected highway of roads on the ice, okay and you know, people set up their fishing shanties and do kinds, all kinds of stuff out there. Um, but people drive on these roads during the winter, and in fact, for some people, <clears throat> it cuts down their commute by like 45 minutes because you can just zoop across the lake, right? It's super easy, <clears throat> and. Um, so eventually, you know, these, these fishing clubs keep a close tab on the ice and the depth, and if there's a weak spot, they'll put a bridge down. And in the spring, they will let people know like when it's no longer safe to drive on the ice. And you know, that's your own risk, um, uh, choosing to, to stop driving on the ice. But eventually, the water melts, right, and it's spring, And now, the mode of transportation has changed, right? It's no longer cars on the lakes, but it's boats and jet skis. And if you need to get across different lakes, you might need a ferry. Um, And we've been going through Galatians, okay? And today, we're in Galatians 5. And Paul has been talking to the church of Galatians about the message of grace, the gospel of grace. And he has said that his main premise to the Galatian church is that spring has come. The the weather has changed. The mode of transportation has changed, okay? We are going from driving cars on the ice to the, the, the water has thawed, and it is now grace and freedom forever. And we have to change the way we are living. Um, Galatians 5.1 opens up to say, at last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. And then in verse 13 it says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom. <clears throat> so he is talking to these uh, believers um, and They know that the mode of relationship with God has for a long thousands and thousands and thousands of years been the law. And that was the relationship established, was with the Jewish people and God through the law. And that mode of relationship has changed now. That was a season of winter, of waiting. And with winter, there was appropriate appropriate activity with winter, right? Driving across the lake, that was appropriate. All the things you did in winter, that was appropriate. But now the season of winter has changed. <clears throat> and following the law is no longer essential to that relationship. The waiting is over. The Messiah has come. He's purchased our freedom from the law with his own body and blood. And the cross is now our mark of freedom and we're no longer slaves to the law. We're no longer slaves to an obedience that we can't keep beyond our capabilities. He has set us free to live this heaven on earth kind of life where the power of the future age, where Jesus is coming back forever, that power of that age is here now on earth Through the Holy Spirit that's the life we get to live now it's spring it's forever spring and we're never going back to winter and if you try to use the mode of winter the the transportation of winter in the spring you're just going to end up sinking that car into the water and that's what these Judaizers were trying to do with the Galatians. They were trying (coughs) to get them to use two modes for the wrong season. They were trying to get them to follow the law, to follow circumcision, to go back to the religious ways instead of living in their true freedom in Christ. So I'm going to read Galatians 5 a little bit. It says, at last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. I, Paul, tell you, if you think there is benefit in circumcision and Jewish regulations, then you're acting as though Christ is not enough. I say it again emphatically. If you let yourselves be circumcised, you're obligated to fulfill every single one of the commandments and regulations of the law if you want to be made right with god by fulfilling the obligations of the law you have cut off more than your flesh you have cut yourself off from christ and have fallen away from the revelation of grace but we have the true hope that comes from being made right with god and by the spirit we wait eagerly for this hope when you are joined to the anointed one circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing all that matters now is living in the faith that works and it expresses itself through love. So the route to God has changed. The the route of law and circumcision is no longer available. If If you follow that route to Christ, Paul is saying it's like you've fallen away from Christ. It's like you never belonged to him in the first place. You're basically saying that his, his life and his death and his resurrection were were insufficient he's saying this is an all-or-nothing decision you can't cling to one rule because that means like then that's your mode of operation you're gonna you're gonna follow all the rules and that's what you're claiming but he says if you're following christ then your mark is faith and belief in him that's harder to see outwardly, right? Circumcision is this outward sign that they wanted them to follow, but faith, that's kind of fuzzy and in the gray, and what does that even mean? But it's faith expressed in love. Faith in Jesus is expressed in love. That's how we see it. That's the evidence of it. So, um, We can't go across the lake in in partially a truck and in in partially a boat. It it is all or nothing. It's Jesus and faith in him and our call to this freedom. We are called to be free and live free. Now the Judaizers and other people are, and Paul is probably aware that oh, well, you know, too much freedom is a bad thing, right? Freedom is just going to cause all kinds of traps and pit holes and stuff like that. Um, but freedom is really the opportunity to, yes, choose to do what you want, but also to choose to not do other things. Um, <clears throat> it isn't just... An excuse to do whatever you want is what Paul goes on to say. He says, Beloved ones, God's called us to live a life of freedom, but don't view this wonderful freedom as an excuse to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another. For all the law can be summarized in one grand statement Demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. So Paul is giving some clarity to this freedom. He's saying you can use your newfound freedom, the glorious freedom that you've been given in Christ, to put your eyes on Jesus, Or you can use that freedom to put your eyes on yourself. And he will go on to compare what the self-life looks like and what the the eyes on Jesus and the Holy Spirit looks like. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But he says, don't use your freedom as an excuse. I love this. To set up an operation in the natural realm. Don't use it as an excuse, but put your eyes on Jesus and serve one another in love. <clears throat> because the whole heart behind the law, God's whole heart behind it, is that you would love your neighbor as yourself. And that's, that's the mark. That's the expression of our faith in Jesus now. Um, I'm sure that you've been, maybe you've had an experience in your life where you've been turned off by Christianity or religion um, because it feels like this list of do's and don'ts, right? Well, if you do this, you know, you're in. And if you don't do this, you're out. And you should be constantly examining your life to see what you aren't doing and what you should be doing. And you should try to get rid of the things that are sinful and need to go. And you should try to be doing these things instead. And it becomes a lot of self-effort and um, uh, trying to produce this Christian life. And maybe you've been turned off by that. Maybe you've um, felt that uh, pressure of performance, and it really hasn't led to freedom in your life. Um, and, And Paul is giving us this beautiful picture of what freedom really looks like in our life. We've been called to freedom, and then he goes on to tell us how we live out that freedom, how we live out that love. It's the Holy Spirit. We've been called to freedom, and the Holy Spirit is our victory. That's it. We've been called to this free mode of relationship with God through Jesus, through faith in him, and the way we do it is through the Holy Spirit. He's the victory. He's our constant win. And this is what verse 16 says. It says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law But soaring above it. Soaring above it. Uh, D.L. Moody is uh, a famous evangelist. um, And he once was speaking to a large crowd. And he held up uh, an empty glass. And he asked the crowd, you know, how can I get the air out of this glass? And someone yelled out, oh, you can suck it out with a pump, right? And he says, well, no, that would create a vacuum and then shatter the glass. And so various people gave their uh, ideas. um, And eventually, he smiled and he picked up a, a pitcher of water and he filled the glass up. And he said, now all the air is removed. And he went on to explain that victory in the christian life is not accomplished by just trying to suck out sin here and there but actually filling being filled with the holy spirit that's our victory and that's the picture that um, paul is going to describe here in galatians 5. that the holy spirit is our victory that yes there are these two incompatible forces within us. The self-life of the flesh, which is our sinful nature, and then the new creation life of the spirit. And they can't occupy the same space. The air and the water in the glass cannot occupy the same space. They are opposed to one another. And Paul is about to give us kind of a description of the self-life. Now, It's possible that you've read these descriptions of the self-life and then the fruit of the spirit as do's, do's and don'ts, don'ts and do's, right? Here's what you're not supposed to do in your um, sinful life and here's what you are supposed to do as the fruit of the spirit. And it feels like a checklist, but that's not how Paul is describing it because remember, we're getting away from the works of religion where we're following a checklist. And so that's not how he is describing these two natures. They're really just descriptions of, all right, which power are you choosing? The power of the self-life and the sinful nature? Here's what it's going to look like, okay? Are you choosing the power of the Holy Spirit? Here's what that is going to look like. And so they're not checklists. I feel like I have in my life read them as checklists. Um, So let's, let's listen to verse 19. The behavior of the self life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviors. Now, it's not an exhaustive description, right? He's just giving us, um, a window into this self life um, that basically, without without the Holy Spirit being our source of life and power, we gravitate towards these sinful behaviors. But the thing is, when you choose the route of freedom, when you choose to place your faith in Jesus, you have been given a new nature. The new nature is Christ. The spirit now lives inside of us, giving us power and energy to live differently. Now, religion will use this as a checklist. Well, don't do X and make sure you're not doing Y. And If you find yourself in that list, like you just need to try harder and do better and you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and do X, Y, and Z because you've got to get this stuff out of your life. But Paul is getting away from those, that idea altogether. He's saying freedom means that we walk in the spirit. We choose a different power source to live from. That's how we get away from this description of the self-life. We're not just trying to pluck out one sin after the other. We're trying to walk in the spirit. That's what is filling our glass. Now... If you find yourself in this description, he's not saying you're out. The, the description is like, so Dan and I were blessed to buy a new van. I don't know if we told you maybe a month ago we were looking for a van, and then all the car sale, used car sales went nuts. And we thought, oh, we'll have to just wait a year or something. But the Lord gave us one opportunity um, and it was it is great. So we got it at the price we wanted. Everything worked out. But uh, there's a feature on my van that says um, lane departure warning. It's a little button you can press, and I like it because I get distracted with my kids a lot of the times. Okay, asking me something, wanting something. You know, it's actually way better than it was in our Rav4. We're all just like, you know. Um, But in the van, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I still have this (laughs) lane departure warning little button that, like, if I get too close to the side, it just goes beep, 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 beep. Oh, okay, Liz, pay attention. You know, I like it, um, because I can be distracted. Dan likes to turn it off. He's a better driver than I, but, you know. Anyways, so this description is kind of like a lane departure warning. It's like. Oh, I notice myself in that description. On a weekly basis, I notice myself in that description. Um, I don't know, thinking of yourself, angry quarrels, being in love with your own opinions. There's lots of places I can find myself in that description. And it's like a lane departure warning. It's like, oh, beep, 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 beep. You're not walking in the spirit here. Okay, I got to put my eyes back on the Spirit, walk with Him in this area, okay? That's that's what gets you back. It isn't like, I'm stuck over here in the rut and I have to try to get this sin off of me and I have to try harder and blah, blah, blah. It's, it, it, beep, beep, beep. Oh, I got to walk in the Spirit in this area. Walk in the Spirit because it's the Spirit's power and source of life who is going to produce the fruit, the right kind of fruit in you. And it's really about our quality and pursuit of the Holy Spirit. Because when a tree is planted in the right soil, it produces fruit all by itself, okay? It, it's part of what the tree does. And the Holy Spirit living in us is going to produce this fruit all by itself because it's the source of the Spirit, It's not us. It's not us. So let's look at the description of the Holy Spirit life. It's in verse 22. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. So this is the contrast of description, you know, between those who have faith in Jesus and those who are bent and living in the self-life, the human nature sin nature life. There's two sources of energy and power. Um, And it's all all about where we are living in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. We can either live from that sin nature or we can live from our Holy Spirit Christ nature. And it's where we derive our life from. Um, I mean, I also think that I used to see the the fruit of the Spirit as like another checklist of do's, like how can I be more loving or how can I be more patient? And what about that person? That person's really patient. I wish I was more like them. And how can I produce that kind of patience? Well, you can't. It's not about striving and trying harder. It's walking and keeping your eyes on the Holy Spirit and he is going to do the fruit producing <clears throat> it's the Holy Spirit within us now somebody else in my life like my husband might naturally be more of a patient pers- person but it's not my job to sit and compare and try to produce this patience that I want to be like so that I can feel better about myself right It's keeping my eyes on the Holy Spirit, and he's gonna produce the kind of patience in me that he wants, and it's gonna look different than somebody else in my life. Um, So we cast our constant attention on the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is telling us. You've been called to freedom, and your victory is the Holy Spirit. Your constant victory is the Holy Spirit. Walk in him, walk in him. That's the only verb that he gives in this passage. Um, I mean, right here in the fruit of the spirit. So in verse 24, I love this part. It says, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ, we've already experienced crucifixion for everything connected with our self life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. If the spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. That's our victory. Our old life has been crucified with Christ. We pick up our new life as resurrected believers in our, new, our resurrected life with Him. And we let the Holy Spirit direct every aspect of our life. It seems easy enough, but it is the, the journey you and I are on until he returns again. So what does walking in the Spirit lo- look like? If that's our victory, what, is it, what does it look like? You know, it's living in the continual presence of Jesus, bringing our constant awareness to the presence of God in our life, being God-conscious throughout our days how often can you turn your mind and your heart towards the presence of God in your life at any given moment you can you can tune into him you can align with him you can listen to him you can just be with him it doesn't have to be productive you're just with him and there's lots of practices that you guys know about for aligning with the Spirit and living in this victory. Reading our Bibles, right? Finding Scripture that is is speaking to us and pointing us to truth. Maybe memorizing that Scripture. Worshiping. um, Being with other Christians. Serving. Loving. All those things align us with the Holy Spirit. But we have to be on a constant journey towards walking with the Spirit. And, I mean, for me, um, I mean, you know, like we've done all these things for all these years, reading our Bible, worshiping. I mean, these are, these are practices and habits that we're well aware of. Um, so sometimes you need something, something new and fresh to kind of just like keep you in it, right? Um, one thing for me is, as we wrap up um, I, in my mind, I have a place, I have a few places, but one in particular that I imagine when I'm praying with Jesus, okay? And it's this beautiful green scene. There is like a a luscious, this huge tree that we stand by. Um, There's a river, there's just like life and nature growing abundant everywhere. And I will go and pray, and I will imagine myself there in that place, and I will go back to that place when I pray with Jesus. Well, you know, walking in the spirit, as I'm thinking about this message, and I'm trying to walk in the spirit, I have this week um, been trying to go to that place like almost in an instant when I need it, right? So instead of like waiting for my time when I'm alone, it's quiet and peaceful and enjoyable, (laughs) Um, I need it like in the moment when I find myself reacting and going down the way that is only gonna lead to trouble. Or I find myself ruminating over a thought or just a string of thoughts that aren't helpful. I will stop and be like, okay Jesus, I'm right here with you next to this tree. And what are you saying? And immediately, that negative voice goes away because it's not Jesus' voice. He isn't saying the things that are floating around in my mind. Or immediately I might see, okay, Jesus, how are you, how are you, what do you think of my daughter right now in this moment where I'm wanting to like react and, you know, let it all come flying out. Okay, Jesus, this is how, you're okay. You're okay with everything in this situation. You're okay with, you know, I just recalibrate what are Jesus' thoughts, what are Holy Spirit's thoughts in this moment where I am tempted to lane departure, right? And that's, that's just one thing that I've been doing lately. Instead of saving this like secret prayer place with Jesus for a nice, quiet time, I'm doing it in the moment of <laughs> constant life when it's parading me and I need it. Um, so I have two practical tips to to wrap up. And um, one, my second one, is like if you think that I'm a little woohoo in what I'm saying, <laughs> that's okay. But I would still challenge you to um, imagine in your own mind a place that you would enjoy to sit and pray and talk to Jesus throughout the day. Because here's the thing, the more we make a connection with God in our minds, the more real his presence becomes, okay? And so we do have to go to imaginative places in our minds. Jesus redeems our imagination and he gives us pictures and beautiful things in our mind to imagine with him. So if you don't have a place in your mind, think about creating one this week and let me know. How it goes, and visit him in that place um, this week in your mind, throughout the week. So think about that and chew on it. Um, and if you already have one place, maybe create another. I have two others. I only have three, so you know, I could create another place too. Um, or ask him to take you to a place. He might give you uh, a picture or an image of where he wants to meet with you. So I don't know. Be creative with it. And um, then the first one, which is now the second one, uh, choose a time and place each day to meet with the Holy Spirit. So this could be short, long, with help. You know, sometimes um, I'll turn on a a song or even like the the Abide meditation app is really good. It kind of takes you through music and uh, maybe a Bible verse or just silence okay holy spirit what are you saying to me right now for this day what's the first thing that pops in your head what's the like what's the initial thought in your brain a lot of times that's that's god talking to you it doesn't take hours to listen to the holy spirit you just you have the holy spirit and he's speaking to you the most amazing thing is that um, the jews right their their whole center of identity and worship was the temple right because that's the place where heaven and earth met in this place of God's presence. And so that was the center of their Jewish life and worship. And now the temple is us, the place of heaven and earth meeting, the power and source of life, the Holy Spirit, he's right inside of you. That the meeting of the two, heaven and earth, is inside of us as believers, the Holy Spirit, Right here, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we are being built as a temple together. And so the source is in us and we have to tune into that source if you don't want a lane departure your life. We have to walk with that source. And so each day this week, find a time and place, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? You know, maybe you write it down in your phone notes or on a piece of paper. And you'll be surprised at how much he does speak to you when you tune into him because it's really easy to stay distracted to stay busy to stay not paying attention because the world just continues to happen and continues to gravitate away from god so let me pray as we um, move into our time of worship Uh, God, we're so thankful for your freedom that you've given us, our freedom to just be completely who we are with you. There's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no condemnation. There is free, abundant life in you. And not only is there freedom, but there is an inheritance that we have all been given of the Holy Spirit living in us as this this way of life, this source of life, this place of victory, and I just pray that we can um, we can align with your spirit more and more and more. That that would be our constant journey, is walking with you. And I pray that we can make a connection with you in our hearts and our minds and our bodies this morning in worship, and with one another, and um, in prayer and trust with you, Jesus. We love you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org.